Hey, teacher friends, this is your host, Kara Rickman from Create Your Balance with Literacy. I'm a 23-year veteran teacher turned coach, mentor, and trainer to help teachers like you develop their craft and teaching cross-curricular. I cannot wait to share all of my tips and tricks with you today. Are you ready to take your classroom to the next level? Because you don't have to be a veteran teacher to be loved by your students and your parents. So let's get this party started, shall we? Becoming a respected team leader is our topic for today. I'm going to give you 10 ways to become a respected team leader. This can be a challenging, stressful time in your life. It's a very consuming task, but I have been doing it for 12 years, so I think I may have learned a few tricks along the way. I'm going to share with you lots of things that have worked for me in the past and what hasn't. If you are the team leader of your team, hopefully you can get some great tips and tricks for being amazing. Here are the 10 ways to be a respected team leader, in my opinion. Number one, always be a good listener. Listen to all sides of the story. Both sides have a right to their opinion. Number two, always start the year with a social contract and have everybody sign it. Number three, never take sides. Always stay neutral. If you take sides, it will divide your team. Number four, Over-communicate with your team, even though you might think they've already heard it. There's always someone who never remembers what you said the first time. Trust me. Number five, be your team's cheerleader. Celebrate the small triumphs, even if it's not important to you. Number six, be a positive role model for your team. Your team will look up to you and follow your lead. Number seven, be a good problem solver. When there's a logistical issue, You are good at solving it. Number eight, get your team small gifts. Not big gifts, but something to show that you care and that you appreciate them. Number nine, share your lesson plans, activities, and materials, even if they don't use it. Number 10, get together outside of school. Yes, this is the most important thing of all. You need to build relationships. All right, so going back to number one, always be a good listener. So like I said, I've been teaching for 24 years, and so I've been so on so many different teams. I've been 18 years in first grade and five years in third grade. On every team, there's always a rift between team members who don't agree. When two team members need to hash it out, it's good to be there as a listener and as a neutral party. I've had my share of conflict resolutions on my teams, and it's good that the team leader is there to listen to both sides. It's hard to sit there and witness anger, frustration, and tears. But after it's all said and done, the communication usually gets better between the two. The team members need to talk it out even if they don't want to. This is extremely important and healthy for the team. This needs to happen in order to gain respect again for the team. Number two, start the new year with a social contract. Just like you do with your class, coming up with a social contract is essential for having an efficient team. You need to ask yourself these four questions when making your contract. Number one, how do you want to be treated by the team leader? Number two, how do you want to be treated by each other? Number three, how should the team treat the team leader? And number four, how do you want to be treated when there's conflict? In my school district, Bernie ISD, we have been trained in capturing kids' hearts. And they tell us to always make a social contract with our class and our teams. So when we have our first PLC meeting, we make our social contract and hang it in our workroom to remind us of how we want to be treated. This is extremely important when we have conflicts. Number three, never take sides. 
Always, always, always stay neutral, no matter how hard it gets. Even if your best friend is on your team and they want you to take their side, it's just not the best idea. The team leader is on everyone's side, even though a team member makes mistakes. You can be very respectful and talk with them in private and mention that they can do better next time. But if you take sides, it will divide your team and you do not want that to happen. Many, many years ago, I made the mistake of taking sides when I first started being a team leader and I quickly found out that my actions divided the team and we never made it back together. Half of the team would be planning by themselves and the other half would be on their own. It was awful and I regret taking sides back then. And so now I stay as neutral as possible. I've learned a lot since then. (laughs) Number four, over communicate with your team. This may sound redundant, but the more you communicate, talk, text, email, phone call, the better your team will function. I can't tell you how many times I have texted or emailed, and there's always someone who doesn't read their email or text and they don't know what's going on. It's so frustrating. It only takes one person to make the team look bad and make the team have to cover for them. And it's not fair that the team has to take up the slack for someone who did not feel like reading the team leader's notes or emails. So I found that mentioning something multiple times helps everyone stay on the same page. It may be more work for you, but in the long run, it definitely pays off. I always send a weekly email on Sundays updating my team on important deadlines and events coming up. This way, if someone says, I didn't know about that, you have the email to prove it. And then you can say, didn't you read my email? Our principal sends out a weekly newsletter with important dates on Fridays, so I use that information to help communicate with my team. Number five, be your team's cheerleader. You may be exhausted, frustrated, or disappointed, but you have to be your team's cheerleader. When someone tells you a good thing happening in their classroom, praise them and congratulate them on a job well done. Tell them how proud you are and how happy you are for them. It makes the team member feel good when another team member takes notice of something they've done really well. We all love compliments, and I always told my team that I appreciate them after we had our meetings, especially in this profession. And sadly, we don't get told that we are appreciated enough, so we have to do it for each other, right? Number six, be a positive role model. Everyone on your team looks up to you for guidance and leadership. So why don't you portray a positive role model for them to follow? If a team member is having a bad day and is venting during lunch, try and stay positive by turning it around into something good. Venting and gossiping can be very toxic to the team and to yourself. It can drag you down and you feel like the walls are closing in. It can make you feel defeated and that no one cares about you. I always tried to change the subject or tell them something to look on the bright side. It's very hard to do when you're in the heat of the moment. You just have to think of a way to turn the conversation into something more positive. Of course, you want to give your team members a chance to vent. And that can take place for the first five minutes of your meeting. So, set a timer for five minutes and then move on. Venting is over. Now, on to planning. Number seven, be a good problem solver. I love being a problem solver even if ever there's an issue with planning events, communication, celebrations, students, or teachers. I enjoy the challenge of trying to come up with a solution. 
Our team has two very important celebration days. We have Reindeer Day, which is during December, and then 120th Texas Day, which is in March. We all divide up our neighborhood into stations for the kids to rotate around. We have about 10 to 12 stations. And this is a time to problem solve what our stations will look like, how many parents we need to have to run the stations, what materials and supplies that we need, and how long each station will last. We also get matching t-shirts that we wear for our celebrations. It's so fun to be all on the same page and provide the best activities and engagement for our students. The parents really love and appreciate our team effort to make their first grader love school. We are exhausted by the end of the day, but it's so worth it. Number eight, send small gifts to your team. Now, I'm not saying that you have to give them gifts for each holiday. No, 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 no. I give my team a back-to-school gift, a Christmas gift, and end-of-the-year gift. My favorite gift was giving my team a vase of silk flowers, and the vase was filled with magnetic letters and tied with a polka dot ribbon. It was super cute and super easy to make, not expensive at all. Giving gifts shows your team that you appreciate them and think they are fabulous. I even hand-wrote a card to each team member, thanking them for all of their hard work and dedication. I also love making white chocolate popcorn with holiday sprinkles for each holiday. I would get a holiday jar to put the popcorn in, and then I would write a cute holiday tag on top. So easy and inexpensive. And the team loves it. Number nine, share your lesson plans, materials, and activities. And I know this is more work for you, and not everyone will want to do the exact same thing that you do, but sharing what you do in your classroom with your team helps build cohesiveness. And I've been on many teams where each person does their own thing and doesn't want to give away their great ideas because they're worried someone will steal the show. They're worried that someone will be doing more than they will and then make themselves look bad to the admin or parents. This is when jealousy takes over the team and members resent each other for not sharing their great ideas or not collaborating. And this can lead to team division, communication issues, and not being professional with each other. I bought my team matching binders and made them binder covers with their names on them for our new school year. This way they could stay organized during our team planning and they loved it. Number 10, get together outside of school. Yes, get together for lunch, dinner, or birthday parties. It's always great to build relationships with your team outside of the stressful work environment. You might get to see a different side of someone who is always quiet and reserved or timid and shy. Building relationships with each other can really help the team dynamics and also help conflict. When there is conflict, the team members can understand each other better and know how to talk to each other if they have built a relationship together. It doesn't work if just some of the team is out together. It only works if all of the team is out together because we're in this together, guys. So there you have it, 10 ways of becoming a respected team leader, and I hope you got some great ideas for how to improve your team relationships and dynamics. And I know it takes a lot of patience, responsibility, and dedication to make your team great, and I just know that you will. I hope you have a fabulous, fabulous school year. Until next time, bye-bye. Are you ready to take back your weekends? Have you been staying at school too late and every day and prepping and planning for the next day? What if I told you all your lesson plans, resources, anchor charts, craftivities are already made for you and all you had to do was just print them out? Well, guess what? I've got your back. 
How about a lifetime membership subscription that includes all of my first grade lesson plans, unlimited access to my TPT resources, my podcast, blog posts, YouTube videos, courses, coaching calls with me, and support. Click the link below in the show notes and check out my two choices for my lifetime membership. Let's take your classroom to the next level.